Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Seven words that'll scare any politician. Roy Green is holding on line one. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network continues. Later on in the hour, RCMP Inspector Stephen Glode, he's uh, active service, will be protesting. He'll talk to us that he's going to be protesting outside Federal Minister of Public Safety Ralph Goodale's office in Regina tomorrow afternoon. Mr. Goodale has not replied to Inspector Glode's emails or in-person appearance at the minister's office requesting a meeting. And uh, you may recall that Inspector Glode was a guest on this program about a month ago, and he has real concerns for the RCMP. And uh, they include workplace harassment, bullying, intimidation, and sexual harassment. Also says he has absolutely no intention of suing the force. So that's coming up later on the show. And uh, starting things off, let me get this thing to work. Boy, it just drives me crazy when it when it just stops and it freezes and it looks at you. I swear it's got eyes. And it's looking at me and it's saying, let's frustrate you a little bit before I start to work. That it being our studio computer. Dr. Jordan Peterson joins me on the Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. Psychology professor at the University of Toronto. His book, which comes out in uh, January next month, 12 Rules for Life, an Antidote to Chaos. And he was our guest last Saturday. Uh, Dr. Peterson, it's good to have you with us. Hi, Roy. Good to be here. I have to read you an email that I just received, and and to and to and to lead off. I don't know if you heard the story, but it's been empirically proven now that the dogs are smarter than cats. So so I get this email. Great show, Roy. Dogs may be very smart. I love them, but cats are more intuitive. I love them too, and I love Dr. Peterson for for his very strong backbone and his beautiful mind. And that's from Lynn, one of our listeners. So I wanted to share that with you. Well, thank you. Should be in the same category as lovable cats and dogs. Well, it's, it's better than a lot of other categories. It, it certainly is. <laughs> why? Well, let me ask you the same question I asked you. Started off with uh, last Saturday, and that is, why are you so controversial? Uh, what is it that makes Dr. Jordan Peterson such a controversial figure in this country now? Well, it's a good question. You know, um, I I made a couple of videos last year. Stating my opposition to Bill C-16, I said that it 
promoted compelled speech and that the surrounding policies built a social constructionist view of gender into the law, which is a false view, and it did. It is now built into the law. And I just reviewed that video this week you know, in the aftermath of everything that's happened at Wilfrid Laurier University to see if I said anything in it that should justify the, all the epithets, let's say, that have been hurled my way. Um, but I thought I reviewed it. You know, I would have edited it a bit differently if I would have done it now. But as far as I can tell, I was perfectly reasonable in that video, and it's up for everybody here on, on YouTube. So I think what's happened is that because I stood up against the radical left in the universities, they've done, there has been an attempt to tar me with every epithet that might be associated with the full political spectrum to the right of the radical left. And that would go all the way from, you know, moderate left to Nazi. And, well... I mean, I've heard convenient for them. I guess I, I've heard all, all I can figure out. I've heard all those descriptors about you. Yep, all of them, and some of them from the same person. Um, but there's always the group of people who will say, "But jo- Jordan Peterson is protecting and supporting freedom of expression." And I spoke yesterday with David Butt, criminal lawyer in Toronto, who writes op-ed pieces for the Globe and Mail, and we were talking about an op-ed piece that he wrote in 2015, which. David suggests that the hate speech uh, aspect of, of, of freedom of expression, hate speech law, is just a cobbling together of, of a lot of uh, compromises. And, and it was a, I thought it was a brilliantly written piece. But why is freedom of expression such a... But, well, let, let me back this up. Would you tell everybody, please, what are the fundamentals of C-16 and why do you oppose them? Well, the bill purports to add gender expression and gender identity to the protected categories under Canadian human rights legislation. And in principle, there's, and that, you know, and also to make violations of those rights, um, what would you call it, pursuable under the hate speech provisions, hate crime provisions uh, of the criminal code. And that's, that's part of what's wrong with the bill as far as I'm concerned, because I'm not very happy with the whole idea of hate speech and not even that happy about the idea of hate crime, because... The problem isn't that there is no hate speech, because obviously there is, and that there are no hate crimes, because obviously there are. The problem is who gets to decide what constitutes a hate hate speech in particular. I think that's a very dangerous place for people to go, to start banning what they consider hate speech. Yeah. And But worse than that, and, and far worse than that, I think, is the fact that the policies surrounding Bill C-16 that were put together by the Ontario Human Rights Code and that the federal government stated very clearly uh, would guide the interpretation of Bill C-16 are absolutely appalling. They, if you go to the Ontario Human Rights Commission website, um, you can read them for yourself. They, they're unbelievably overreaching, and they do mandate the use of, of uh, preferred pronouns, so to speak, and that isn't that means that that's an uh, example of compelled speech, which we've never had compelled speech in Canada before, and in, in most Western countries. And so it's a line that shouldn't have been crossed. And, but worse than that is the presupposition that's built into the policies that biological sex, gender identity, gender expression, which is your clothing and your style, basically, and sexual preference or proclivity, are independent phenomena, and they're not. That's false. 
And so I pointed that out last year, and, you know, people, the people on the radical left were very unhappy with that. Could you find yourself in, in jail for what you're saying, in writing? Well, you know, there's debate about that. Imagine that I was hauled in front of the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal, yeah. um, which is not, and I don't think that will happen because there's been too, many, too much uh, let's publicity sent my way. I think I'm relatively safe from that now. But let's say that someone is hauled before the Social Justice Tribunal, the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal, for failing, for misgendering someone or something of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're found guilty, and they're required to pay a fine or to take a re-education course or whatever it is that the Human Rights Commission decides is necessary, and then they refuse to do it. Um, then it gets transferred to the standard court system, and then if you don't abide by the rulings, then that's contempt of court and you go to jail. And so it depends on how you look at it. You know, you know what I mean? The first response of the Ontario Human Rights Commission wouldn't be to throw you in jail. It would be to mandate some form of punishment, financial or educational, and then enforce that. But if that didn't work, if you continued with your objection, let's say, then the standard court system is the next part of the process. So it's not like it's narrowly defined. Uh, no, you you can't. Legislation isn't designed to put you in jail, but more broadly defined, that's certainly not only a possible end, but an end that's occurred with uh, in similar ways with people. So uh, Jared Brown has a blog. Lawyer Jared Brown has a blog where he's outlined this sort of thing um, in, in quite a bit of detail. Well, there have been there are parts of the world where somebody has uh, has has spoken freely, uh, and they have found themselves in 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 prison for a a long, long period of time. Well, I don't know how many of your listeners are familiar with what happened at Wilfrid Laurier University last month. I think just about everybody. Yes, well, <laughs> probably. But you know, she was accused by two faculty members. At, and worse, uh, an administrator hired for precisely that sort of purpose of breaking federal and provincial law and violating the university's uh, code of conduct and, you know, being transphobic. And now, of course, she's also being called racist because she dared to stand up to her professor of color or person of color professor, I think is the appropriate politically correct term. So the idea, which I put forth that last September, that the legislation would be interpreted in that manner, which was one of the things I was criticized for, turns out to be, well, exactly, at least in this instance, exactly correct. And then the issue is, well, is this an isolated incident? And <laughs> the answer to that is, I, if this was an isolated incident, why would there be people at the universities hired to do such things? Mm. What, I, what, I, what I really find interesting with the Lindsay Shepard uh, case and that, that whole situation is that they were very aggressive with her and, uh, and, and, and very condemning of her. And, but the moment the light was shone on the situation and it became public knowledge and the population reacted the way it did, what did they do? They apologized. So as long as there was not, uh, the public wasn't aware, and there was not a public reaction condemning the university for the, the things they did and the positions they took, 
they were they felt quite morally and legally superior. Well, and I, and the and the moment and the moment the light was shone, shone on them, they were they apologized. Well, the, they sort of apologized. Well, sort know, of. The, yeah, the right. university said that it would. I think the university took the coward's way out. They said that they would hire a third-party investigation team, essentially, which strikes me as a complete abdication of responsibility. But didn't the I, professor didn't the professor apologize to her? Yes, the professor did as well. But yeah. again, I thought this apology was rather self-serving. I mean, he mm-hmm. also recommended himself as part as a, the, one of the people who could serve on the third-party committee that was looking. Yeah. So, it. see, Doctor Peterson, what I, what I still don't understand was what was wrong with what she did. With what she did, or, or what, 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 what? What was wrong with what she did, or was she what she was planning on doing? She's well, not. She's not a supporter of yours. What she did, what she did was show a video yeah. of someone of two people discussing the, the the potential use or refusal to use use personal pronouns. And then there's going to be a discussion. Preferred pronouns, and that in itself was regarded as tantamount to violence. By the by, the administrator, because it denied the humanity of trans people. So you think about that. So it's yeah. she neutrally showed a video about two people discussing the the use of preferred pronouns, um, and that was sufficient for the university to bring the administrators aboard and and accuse her essentially of two crimp two. To, of, of breaking the law in two different ways, as well as the university code, and and uh, and also okay. a man, as a manifestation of her bigotry. Dr. Peterson, please hold on. I have to take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk more with Dr. Jordan Peterson. There's some other, there's a question about Bill C-16 that I I need to have answered, and uh, and so we'll put that out there. I'll, I'll ask Dr. Peterson and. Um, Now, freedom of expression, freedom of speech. In the United States, to say anything you want. It's freedom of speech. In Canada, it's freedom of expression, and it has limitations. And that's what we talked to David Butt about yesterday. We'll come back on The Roy Green Show, and this is the Chorus Radio Network. Roy Green isn't afraid to poke the bear. The bigger the bear, the bigger the poke. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Dr. Jordan Peterson, my guest, University of Toronto. His upcoming book next month, uh, published next month, 12 Rules for Life, an Antidote to Chaos. Dr. Uh, Peterson, we have about three minutes. Uh, Bill C-16 was passed by a significant margin in Parliament, and then it was supported by the Senate, so it's law. And a person, I went back to my notes of last weekend, a person must be identified by a pronoun which he or she believes represents his or her preferred way to be addressed. So he or she must be replaced with whatever else, um, whatever the person wishes, and which to everyone else is a non-word, a pronoun with which the other people have no familiarity, as I understand it. And if you fail to use the preferred pronoun to address someone or maybe transgendered or non-gendered, you can be brought before the Ontario Human Rights Commission and found to be in violation of the accuser's human rights and freedom of expression. But what happens to your freedom of expression? 
Aren't you being forced by that legislation to say things that you don't believe? Well, you see, I I had construed this as a manifestation in law of the kind of political correctness that has seized the universities. And you asked earlier why I'm so controversial, and the answer to that is because I shed a I shone a light on this and on the underlying rationale for it. And the people who are busily pushing this agenda, and those are people who have completely taken over the humanities and the large part of the social sciences at universities, are not happy with the fact that I'm doing that. And they re- they're perfectly willing to throw whatever mud at me that they can manage to fling and hope that some of it sticks. But the truth of the matter is, as far as I can tell, that this law is dangerous in precisely the way I indicated, because it compels speech. It has very little to do with transgender people, as far as I'm concerned. It's the issue of compelled speech and the issue of writing an improper view of human, of human uh, existence into the law. And, and, also the, 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 uh, and it's also the case that the universities are exactly as the Wilfrid Laurier incident revealed. People are going to say and have already said that that was an isolated incident and that the people involved misinterpreted the law. And first of all, it's not an isolated incident. It just happened to be caught on tape. And second, it's not a misinterpretation of the law. It's, it's an application of the law and its intent, as far as I'm concerned, exactly the way it was written. So Canadians should be aware that this isn't, an, this isn't fluke. It's exactly, it's exactly what you'd expect, given the nature of the law and the nature of what's happening, what's already happened on Canadian universities. And so, I would also say it's happening even faster in the public education system. Well, it's certainly something to be paid attention to. And I mentioned to you last weekend, that is something we talked about on this program, was in the U.S. just a few weeks ago, over 70% of Americans told pollsters political correctness had shut down public debate on issues where public debate is most needed. That is definitely something that needs to be paid attention to. Dr. Peterson, thank you for coming back on the program. Thanks, Roy. Good talking with you again. All right. I'm sure we'll do it again. All right. All the best. Yep. Dr. Jordan Peterson uh, from the University of Toronto. So he's controversial for what he outlined now. If uh, someone in the administration at the University of Toronto or at Sir Wilfrid Laurier wishes to speak on this issue, let me know. It's Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. There have to be somebody in the administration of the university. I'll be glad to speak with you. When we come back, he's a, an active inspector within the RCMP, Stephen Glode. And he has great concerns about the RCMP, which he expressed to us just over a month ago. Well, tomorrow, Inspector Glode is going to be protesting or demonstrating outside the office of the Federal Minister of Public Safety, Ralph Goodale. We'll talk to the inspector in just a minute.